0: Hi, Sarah. It's Sarah here. Um, I'm just calling because we struggled to find a time to record this week. So I'm putting you 100% in charge of the podcast. So I know that you can come up with an amazing run list because you do that most weeks anyway, and some fab topics. Um, And I'm leaving it up to you also to find a co-host. So uh, I'm curious to see who you will come up with. I completely trust you in this process. And I just want to say, don't forget to talk about animals because, of course, that's the theme of our podcast. And I'll miss you. Have a cup of noon for me, and I'll have a glass of wine for you. And I'll see you next week. Thank
1: you, Sarah, for that voicemail. Uh, I managed to rope somebody special into doing the podcast with me this week. Um, We'll find out whether or not these co-host felt forced to do it or they're here on their own volition um so i wanted to introduce everybody to my husband ben ben you want to say hi hello hi (laughs) so you're really excited about doing this aren't you thrilled absolutely thrilled uh, so today on the show, we are going to try to keep it short because Ben doesn't love this sort of thing, but I think we're still going to have fun. At least I'm telling myself that. At least I'll have fun. All right. So up on the show today, we're going to do some quick fire questions with Ben. Uh, talk a little bit about cooking with Hannah. We're going to do running versus triathlon battle royale and then why we rock. All right. So Ben, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions nothing fancy i know you're really excited about this I'm
2: a little bit nervous about this
1: part so ben is a man of few words so this is this is how we're going to do it i'm just going to ask you know for one or two word answers and you know just to get you warmed up think of this as like doing strides before a workout all right you ready
2: i guess so
1: okay first question were you forced to do this against your will yes when's the last time we rode together like bikes? Yeah.
2: Uh, I don't know, a couple years ago?
1: Yeah, I think it's last year. It's been a while. Okay. Have you ever listened to the podcast? Yes. Which
2: one? Like uh, The first one. You haven't listened since? No. <laughs> oh, man.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have a TikTok account? No. And do you know what TikTok is?
2: Yeah, you told me. I think so. I, I think I know it.
1: Do you know what a sock hat is?
2: I know what a sock is and I know what a hat is. So is it just adding the two together?
1: I have no idea. (laughs) All right. Uh, Do you have any raccoon stories?
2: Like the animal raccoon stories? Yeah. Not that I know of.
1: Okay. Uh, Who is funnier, you or me?
2: Well, clearly you think you're funnier, so I'll go with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What? Of course I am. Who does our dog buddy like more, you or me?
2: He likes you more. He respects
1: me more. That's true. Um, what are we making for dinner?
2: Uh, chicken and potatoes.
1: Okay, so we're actually recording this podcast while dinner is in the oven. We are trying to multitask. Last question. Am I any good at multitasking? No. is uh, absolutely correct. I'm terrible at multitasking. So hopefully we will record this without anything burning. Uh, let's see. So speaking of cooking... Yes. This weekend, I am doing a class with Hannah Grant. Um, we watched her documentary Eat, Race, Win. Do you remember watching that? Yeah. What did you think of it?
2: It was entertaining. It was interesting to watch.
1: Yeah. It's, if you haven't watched it, check it out on Amazon. So Hannah and I are going to be cooking together, uh, just doing a little bantering, doing a little cooking. Um, it should be pretty fun. And what are you making? We're making like this egg wrap thing with some fruit salad. Uh, I don't, I'm sure there's a, a tastier description, but that's what so I'm a, like. An omelette? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of a sweet omelette, is the idea. Mm. Um, but because Kona would normally. you supposed
2: to be able to eat it on the bike?
1: No. Why would you? I mean. Because this thing was about bikes. <laughs> well, I think cyclists eat. When they're not on the bike as well. Oh, so okay. Question: Back when you rode bikes in high school, yeah, what would you bring with you for snacks?
2: Uh, I would bake a potato that was rubbed in salt and olive oil, and I'd put it in a tinfoil wrapper and I'd stick it in my back pocket.
1: I'll have to ask Hannah whether or not she thinks that's a that's a good snack probably i i would think she would approve of that she's she's pretty big into the whole complete foods you know i that's probably up her alley um are you gonna watch that show or
2: what show we already watched it
1: no the one with hannah in the kitchen oh it's gonna be televised well we're streaming it
2: well then why don't i just watch you in real life (laughs)
1: So <laughs> that's a really good point, okay, so if you aren't in the kitchen, you can watch online. uh I think there's a link somewhere we'll post it maybe in the show notes um and the the live feisty media team I'm sure they're gonna promote it uh I'm looking forward to it it's i I think we're just gonna have a good time do a little cooking she's she said she's gonna teach me how to Do some fancy pineapple cuts. So I'm pretty interested by that. Not sure what it means. Um, But yeah, hopefully, hopefully you'll get to try it out. And do you overall, this is such a loaded question. Oh, geez. Do you think I'm a pretty good cook?
2: Yeah, you do all
1: right. I do well, right. No, you're good. Okay, thank you. That was was definitely me wanting a compliment.
2: Yeah, yeah, you do a great job. You're fantastic.
1: Thanks, lovey. So we, we actually have our. Our anniversary coming up. How? What year? What year is this?
2: Like, is twenty twenty?
1: No, like, how long? Is this gonna be our sixth? Oh, like when
2: we got married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've been married for six years.
1: Yeah, so that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, what are our plans gonna be?
2: I don't know. I mean, we never remember the actual date, so I'm sure that. we'll forget again like we've done every other year
1: (laughs) well hopefully in a couple of weeks when i have a show you know i can tell you guys whether or not we actually celebrated it but it's okay we don't we don't need to celebrate it yeah we can high five each other yeah Oh, we are we are we doing a preemptive high five for oh, no, it. staying married? It.
2: <laughs> yeah. We don't need to do two Good high job. fives. On,
1: All right, we got it out of the <laughs> way. We just celebrated our anniversary, and right. everybody listening to the podcast, you know, you're part of it. So thank you. All right, so we're going to take a little break and come back and talk about running versus triathlon. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, oh. great, any time of day,
0: and super awesome. Oh, my gosh. Is it the If You're Riding Podcast? Oh, no, wait. By the look on your face, it's not. It's <laughs> it's noon. Yes. It's noon, isn't it?
1: Ding, ding, ding. You got the answer.
0: Woo. Okay, friends. Seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code. Note the new code livefeisty um, at noonlife.com. So use the code E before I at noonlife.com.
1: I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding.
0: The last time. you better get ready to all
1: right we're back from our break ben. oh that was a break <laughs> that was the break <laughs> i didn't even feel get, get a sip of water okay Here's you can that. have a sip of water so normally Sarah drinks wine. Where are the union rules here? I, I'm like 15 <laughs> minutes. There are no union rules. This is the magic of podcast radio and editing. They just inserted that break in there. Gotcha. So sorry. Behind the
2: scenes, if we don't actually get breaks.
1: We don't actually get breaks. Um, normally Sarah drinks wine, Ben's drinking water, a little noon in the cup. And we are hydrated, ready to talk about running versus triathlon. So first up.
2: Well, I mean, there is running interest.
1: There is okay. So Ben is for for listeners who are like okay, this guy is married to Sarah, that's all I know. Uh Ben is a professional runner. Uh how long have you been running professionally? Since after college, you graduated. Yeah. 2008.
2: Well, really 2009.
1: 2009. So you've been doing it full time since then. Yeah. Um up to half marathon and including half marathon yeah. yeah now you before you met me yeah did you know anything about triathlon other than the three sports that were involved yeah really
2: I worked what? at a triathlon store my entire like youth
1: yeah but okay had you watched a triathlon for example
2: yeah because I wa- worked at a triathlon store. seriously well, I had to sell wetsuits and bikes and running shoes and everybody who came in were triathletes. So yeah, I so, knew. B-
1: okay. <laughs> before you met me, what we
2: sponsored some triathlons? Not what was the story?
1: Yeah. What was your um, preconceived notion about triathletes before you met me?
2: Um, preconceived notions. I mean I
1: don't know. Like working in the store. We, did, is there, okay, we'll, let's just well, step most back. most of the
2: people who come into the store and are, are coming to a like a triathlon store are what I would call weekend warriors or master blasters.
1: <laughs> master blasters, I've, I've never heard that one.
2: Yeah, and so they're doing it for fun. Yeah. Um, and so they tend to also be a little bit, have a little bit more disposable income, and they just always wanted to talk the tech and get the most up-to-date stuff.
1: You love tech, so that probably was right up your yeah, alley.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying that. What? Yeah. I didn't know really any like professional triathletes. There were a few local guys that were really good yeah. in the age group categories, but that was that was all.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, is it? Do you think there's a stereotype involved with in triathlon that you had, like, and that's either been reinforced or kind of dispelled the more you've gotten to know about the sport? Yeah. You're not going to offend anybody by being <laughs> honest. We're very honest on this podcast.
2: The stereotype is a, a middle aged, affluent, majority white athlete whose type A personality holds a, like a C suite job or a management level job and is used to being in charge. And wanting to succeed in life, and then using that energy towards trying to show that they're better than everybody else in triathlon.
1: I mean, I would say there's also like a camaraderie component. Okay, like community, I mean, you're like, no, 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 I'm no, no. I'm not being defensive of my people. Okay, so do you think, do you think that's massively different from serious amateur runners?
2: Uh, yes and no. I mean, the, the biggest thing would be working at the, the store when I was growing up, you would see the typical runner come in and hem and haw over a 120 to $130 pair of shoes, or you'd have a triathlete come in and drop $500 for a wetsuit every year and spend $10,000 on a bike without blinking an eye. And so there was a slight difference in in that as far as people's disposable income um
1: no the message i'm getting is that runners are, ch- are cheapskates well, that, that <laughs> <be. That can laughs> i mean you get what you pay for yeah if you're only buying two pairs of shoes a year uh, if you end up injured that's why yeah <laughs> no i think i think there's something to that it's it's de- that's definitely a criticism of of the sport is that it's um, you know, that it's a high barrier for entry in terms of uh, cost. I mean, I, I don't know how we get around that, obviously. It's the, we're not going to solve it on the podcast, but I think it's...
2: Yeah, no, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I grew up Norwich skiing as well. And that's a, another sport that is predominantly white affluent. And um, I grew up in Maine. And one of the things that Maine tried to do is bring more people into the Nordic ski world because it's such a big, winter is such a big you know, event in Maine and cross country skiing is, is such a big um, cultural event and, or activity in Maine. And so what they were doing was um, the different organizations were buying skis for different uh, high schools and middle schools to get kids out on skis at a very early age. So that barrier of entry wasn't there. Um, because they would be able to, you know, for their PE class, they would have skis that they could use or they would have skis that they could borrow for the season. Um, And that's really helped grow skiing, the culture of skiing in Maine. We have um, up in Northern Maine, um, some world-class ski venues. Uh, There's, you know, the biathlon world cups held there every year. And uh, it's really shown how, you know, Maine skiing can be put on the map. And so, Triathlon, you need to try to figure out something along those lines. Bikes are still really hard for people to get access to, and pools are really hard to access. Um, Well,
1: and teaching people how to swim. and I mean, access to safe roads and access to swimming is really hard. Um, But yeah, I I think there's definitely a a model there where if we start thinking about how to introduce more people to the sport, hopefully we can retain them and have them not think of it as – you know, necessarily in an elite sport and provide avenues for them. I mean, like we also can't have only races that cost, you know, $700 to, to enter. Like that's, that's a problem if you're interested in the sport and that's all you see.
2: Yeah.
1: So let's, let's start pushing the grassroots stuff. Now on a day to day basis, like, I think, I think it's always interesting to kind of compare, um, you know, this is what we both do full time. So you run full time. I do the triathlon stuff full time. Now, how would you uh, compare our training like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, it's
2: really different. Um, you, especially doing Ironman, uh, is seen in my eyes as a lot of exercise um, as opposed to what I'm doing. It, it is interesting because just in the different sports, triathlon is such a new sport. I mean, it's only been around for like, 30 or 40 years total. Mm. Um, and so it is such a new sport that people don't really have it figured out on a high performance level. Not, that's not to say that people aren't good at it. It's just the sport hasn't developed um, the same way. Same as like, something like as simple as running or swimming. You've seen the training philosophies and, and people getting into the sport and doing the sport, progress the sport vastly over the last hundred years, right? And you've, you've had those centuries of those all those coaches that have put their input in and is uh, the training philosophy has been very refined uh in triathlon it's such a new sport still they haven't had that opportunity yet and so what they've been trying to do is take three different sports and mash them together mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily what triathlon is like an iron man if you're going out and you're um you know yawn and winning kona running a 235 marathon Well, clearly, that's different training than if he was actually running a marathon because a 230 marathon is very, very slow for a world class athlete. Um, And so it's not teaching or learning how to run fast, it's learning how to run on tired legs. So it's a completely different philosophy.
1: Yeah, I, I guess there is, there's obviously overlap. You know, it's just a question of whether or not we're taking what we've learned from each individual sport. And applying the sports, you know, the triathlon specific, you know, uh, physiological load. Because like, it, is, it is different. We, we can't train it exactly the same way. But hopefully we've been able to figure out some things a bit faster because we have that knowledge base of the other sports. I mean. Who knows? It,
2: yeah. You know, I mean. they. Could, yeah, it's a good question. Because the sport is so new that, you know, and you're not really seeing too many coaches differ. So they're not taking those big swinging risks just to, to try their That's own true. philosophies. You don't have that lidiard person um, who goes against the norm and is just running lots of slow miles leading up and then, you know, drastically switching to speed. Right. You don't have that was something that was completely different in the running world um, that then proved a lot of success and then that filtered into other ways of training and people have realized, all right that's a good way but it's not the most optimal way but it's a blend of the different things that we'll
1: yeah so i i think i think what you're just saying is that a sport requires time at a high performance level level to really kind of figure out which methodologies work right and like you pick and choose and over time it gets more refined right yeah. and finding the same
2: level of talent genetic talent Mm. um because you need to get you know you own seven billion people in the world you know say there's a million genetic freaks out there now where, what sport are those people going to right sure some are going to track on but you the more you open up the sport the more A percentage of those genetic freaks you get into triathlon but then you also learn that maybe what you thought was the genetic freak for triathlon isn't actually the right one it's it's you know somebody Mm. that has some other sort of you know thing that actually aids the three sports even more Mm -hmm. um so it's just having time for people to filter through is also a big thing so that coaches can learn how to optimize those.
1: Yeah. Optimize each individual. Yeah. No, it's, I think, I think it is interesting because I think we're, we're actually instead of expanding the sport where it's contracting in terms of reach, Um, like even looking at the, the ITU level, the number of countries involved at kind of the high performance end every year there are fewer and fewer. So it's a question of, you know, how do we reach all the different people in different places to really find and cultivate that talent. I mean that's something obviously running like low barrier of entry. Yeah. You need running shoes. You don't even need you don't those. Even need running shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like you can compete against anybody. Um I mean does that because obviously that was a pretty big difference from Nordic skiing. I mean was that something that was exciting to you or you know the idea that it was not just a niche sport.
2: Yeah, I mean, the difference between the two sports, there's a lot more to it. Um, But yeah, it's one of the aspects. The other aspect is the running of, in my mind, now this is very biased because I'm a runner, but the running in my mind is the purest track and field, I would actually say, is the purest form of most activities right? So like swimming technique still plays a huge part. Um, But running, it's your body moving in the most natural way as fast as possible. Or, you know, long jump, jumping the furthest or, you know, shot put heaving a heavy object the furthest. Um, Whereas even cycling, you know, you could have the fittest Engine, so to say, but you're still only an engine powering a other vehicle, whereas running, you are everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's the most, in my mind, the essence of like human movement. It's
1: the most direct. Yeah. Performance. Yeah. Now, what what would you say? Like, what is if we're gonna just do a side by side comparison uh, in terms of training? Was, what do you think? running could do better that triathlon does well?
2: Um, Triathlon does really well because you're balancing three sports. So your risk of injury is really low. And so you are battling your cardiovascular load more. With running, you're battling your uh, musculoskeletal load um, sooner than you're actually hitting your cardiovascular load because the pounding of running is so hard. Um, And so it's a lot easier for a triathlete to do more volume, um, which should hope your cardiovascular output uh, that a runner just simply can't do because their body would break down unless they cross train. And so uh, that sort of thing is something that, a lot of runners could probably benefit
1: from. Yeah, and I, I guess that is actually probably the also the downside of triathlon that we could learn from running is that uh, because we have three sports, the tendency to be overtrained. You know, it is really easy to do too much and just feel like you need to do more, more, more. I mean, that that was most of my career. Like you had to live through yep. Sarah being overtrained for years.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, because you're like. I haven't done enough swimming where we really forget that 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 fitness does translate between sports
2: and the biggest thing with triathletes it seems is they feel like they need to do intensity in all three sports in a short amount of time
1: yeah without allowing enough recovery correct no I mean that's the biggest thing that I wish I could have done differently as an ITU athlete that it's taken me going to Ironman to really learn is that just giving yourself a little bit more time I mean, I've been a lot more pleasant since I've moved to Ironman, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm less over trains. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> a little less grumpy, maybe? Yeah, sure. Oh, man. Yeah. Not totally convinced here. <laughs> all right. All right. That's okay. Um, now, what about like fashion-wise? Do you think there's anything that uh, runners could learn from athletes in terms of uh, fashion?
2: So it it seems that triathletes try to blend the three sports as fashion that don't work. You have the swimmers who try to be like the beach bum and like the pool deck vibe, but then you're trying to get the panache of a cyclist, but then you have like the nerdiness of the runner, and you're trying to link them all together and it yeah
1: so so you're saying if you see somebody with like the deck shoes wearing compression socks and lycra that's not a good look
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah teach their own
1: i mean i've definitely seen some pretty scruffy looking runners but that's okay you know we
2: i believe i'm a believer of you know form following functions that so, you know I'm not a, I'm not the one that should be making any fashion statements.
1: Okay. So this week would have been Kona and you have been there to support me.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I know, you know, just performance side, it's you and you enjoy sport, but there's also, let's be honest. I, I love Kona. I love the whole thing, but it is eye opening.
2: Which part? The well, cult aspect or
1: the cult. So I was going to ask you, like, coming from running, what, what, what is interesting to you about the Kona culture? Because there's definitely a very strong Kona culture.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I remember sitting and watching the award ceremony the first year we went, and just being in awe of it all, and being like, "This is, this is a cult." And, everybody, like cult. <laughs> and everybody's drunk the kool-aid and i don't know what's going on
0: hey, hey it's good
1: business for iron oh, man it's great business it's I good they they get people to buy in hook land sinker yeah. and you know it's super fun like yeah it's good know, business a lot of people
2: you know in cults say that it's a fantastic <laughs> time and we're watching a tv show called the vow right now about nexium and- <laughs> <laughs> They're just talking about, you know, but if we're doing good in the world, it's okay <laughs> if we're a cult. So, you know, you so
1: can... you're saying my <laughs> sport is okay. It's a little cultish. I, I'll give you that. Um, but it's like the, you have to admit it was pretty inspiring. Too. Oh,
2: yeah. No, I mean, that's part of the thing is that they, they definitely push the heartstring narratives. They go a
1: little too far. It gets a little cheesy. It gets a yeah, little cheesy. But they
2: definitely yeah. pump up the you know overcoming adversity and conquering yourself and the course. Yeah. Um, so yes, it's a everybody's definitely feeling good about themselves.
1: There. But do you do you think that the cultishness of Kona is really that much different than like you know the Boston qualifier mindset? Like the people who are really into getting their what is it their BQ? um just next level i think it's next level so i
2: think the difference is the bq craze is more ego um i mean boston is the only one that does it so all the other races out there doesn't matter all the other majors you know it doesn't matter um, and so I think BQ is just kind of Boston qualifier is just kind of more ego. Mm. It's not the same as Kona where they say you are exceptional. Now go back to your community and tell how everybody other, how exceptional Exactly. You are. <laughs>
1: exactly. No, there's 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 an element of that. Yeah. So it's I would say probably the equivalent in running is probably like the the ultra scene where it's it's super niche. Like people are very much invested in you know the the community but it's without the same like corporate ego you know uh, i don't, from I don't my know my understanding, about
2: the ultra scene me
1: neither i'm just they seem
2: to be a lot more like hippie ho-hum let's let's have fun yeah but
1: i feel like that's cultivated too maybe i mean
2: i, I don't know enough w- my,
1: i am I totally know. speculating okay. <laughs> if anybody actually knows anything about the ultra scene it just it i feel like it's probably more similar to Iron Man. But there the whole thing is in the
2: ultras are like keeping corporations out.
1: That's a good point. Maybe I'm totally wrong.
2: I think you're 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 grasping. I'm
1: totally, I'm <laughs> grasping here. Okay, never mind. Iron Man is special. We love it anyway. Those of us who do it. Um but hopefully, you know, the whole small gr- grassroots racing can can pick up a little bit and we can Provide some competition. I think that's, that's probably one of the, the more interesting parts of uh, Ironman is that it really, you know, it is, it is corporate. And like there's no, yes, okay, so major marathons, you have race organizers just trying to make money. But it's not quite the same, is it?
2: Uh, no, I mean, it's more akin to like a multi-level marketing company
1: <laughs> okay so iron man is a multi-level marketing <laughs> company slash cult, according to ben all right
2: <laughs> i mean that's not to say there's other things like, like crossfit is very similar that's not to say that but like if it was for the sport of triathlon yeah it would be more like the itu
1: yeah yeah
2: right more of a political
1: entity than a corporate
2: just like for the example of like the major marathons right you have on the elite level the major marathons are a um their own entity that is trying to bring something about and you have to abide by world athletics but on an individual level it's a money marketing like all they're trying to do is get the average Joe to join up and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, most athletics is all a business. Sport is business. Yeah. I mean, sports entertainment is not the business, but like mass races is more of a participation yeah. business. Um, so that's necessary for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, because it's almost dinner time and our chicken's probably burning right now. We will wrap it up. I'm gonna take a. We're gonna take a quick break and then come back. Um, it's gonna be a magical radio break, though, Ben. So oh, just geez. just a warning. Uh, you don't get to take a nap or
0: anything. Geez. And we'll we'll finish up with a little segment called I Rock Because. Hey Sarah, have you seen those new Form Smart Swim Goggles? You know the ones that have the display right on the goggle, so you can see like in real time how fast you're going and your heart rate and stuff.
1: Yeah, I have seen them, and I'm really interested because they just added a an open water feature, which is terrific because you can go from the pool to open water and still be able to have those same metrics as you swim.
0: Yeah, I mean, knowing how fast you're going in open water in real time is um, totally amazing. So I think it's going to revolutionize swim training.
1: Absolutely. And if they add like a, a loon detection device to it, I'm sold, done.
0: And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear.
1: For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15.
0: And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number. 206th best sports podcast in the Czech Republic. Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week.
1: All right. For listeners of the show, you are familiar with the segment I rock because I have briefed Ben on what it is and he seems a little overwhelmed. Uh, I will start off and say that... I rock because I managed to convince Ben to come on the show. <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> no, I rock because I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for this one. I feel like I feel like I did a decent job of keeping you feel feeling comfortable. with Something that you don't love doing. So yeah, that's why I rock. Oh, sorry. I'm an excellent podcastist. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, ben, why do you rock?
2: Um, I don't know. I didn't really do anything. To I wrote an email, which is pretty big. <laughs> I re- responded to an email from three days ago.
1: You rock because you wrote an email. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable, why do I rock? I want to compliment you.
2: Why do you rock? Yeah. Um, I don't know, because you're cool. You did... You, yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at being put on the spot
1: oh, You're not good at compliments either
2: <laughs> I
1: get like one a year And it's amazing oh. um, I will say That you rock Because We've only seen I mean we've been together since March Like without interruption And I still okay. like you well, hopefully. I mean, what you- well, because we're not used to being together this much. But I like you just as much as I did at the start of the pandemic. Uh, okay. Maybe more. Okay. That's pretty low bar. <laughs> I, I would. Jesus. Thanks for exceeding expectations. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Well,
2: you know, maybe a high five for that one, too. High five. You know, high five
1: for not driving me nuts. From you. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another week of If We Were Writing and Sarah will be back next week as far as I know unless Ben just wants to take over her job mm-hmm. um, which I don't think he wants to do but yeah keep on rocking and we'll see you next week. Bye. My, time, my
2: time. None of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top Be reaching the top we're reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top